All right. And we are here for yet another exciting edition of Ringside Ramblings. Uh, do I sound okay over there, Sam? Yeah, sound fine on this end. All right, good. I didn't know if it was a little bit too echoey or not. Uh, but yeah, I am joined by the wrestling connoisseur, Sam Keola. And we are wanting to do something a little bit different today. Uh, I, and I think we've been inspired by the Survivor Series pay-per-view and, you know, between the oh, news that AJ... Yeah, it's very inspiring. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then coupled with the news that AJ Styles is wanting to work a reduced schedule, um, Sam and I were just kind of left wondering, where does the WWE go from here? And what does the future hold? And, you know, looking at a lot of the talent, I was just on Wikipedia kind of trying to get an idea uh, of the roster. But not just the roster, but the ages of the wrestlers as well. Because, you know, we often forget that, you know, even though AJ Styles has only been there for about three years, um, he's he's getting up there. He's been yeah. doing this a long time. Um and you know he might it might be time for him to start winding down a little bit. So and really, I'd say AJ's not the only one as well. I mean, uh, uh, if you've got Wikipedia opening, I mean, I'm not sure how old uh, Samoa Joe is. Uh, even some of the uh, more undercard guys like Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston, definitely not a spring chicken anymore. Sure. Joe is 39 years old. <laughs> Kofi is 37. Uh, Dolph is um, 38. Oh, wow. And then Zack Ryder, he's still younger. He's only 33. Okay. So he's just been there a while. The Miz has got to be inching that way as well, I would imagine. He, he, he is. Um, let me see if I can find it. He's, yeah, he's 38 as well. So, oh. uh, Jinder Mahal? Jinder is. He's on the younger side. He's 32. 32. Okay, that's not awful. How old is Shelton Benjamin? That's a good question. Let we, me find we out. We finally get Shelton Benjamin back after all these years, and uh, he's still stuck in the same spot maybe even lower on the card than he was when he left um and i don't feel like we've gotten the best of shelton yet we haven't and that's sad because looking at this shelton benjamin is 43 years old 43 yeah yeah uh, i would ask about sheamus but as hurt you know i don't expect him to be around too many more years since uh he has injuries he's 40 oh he's 40 even he's 40 yeah. seth rollins Seth Rollins is 32. 32. I'm assuming Ambrose is a little bit older than Rollins. He looks that way. Oh, he's same age, 32. 32, okay. Yeah, so. Um, but, you know, he, he also, you know, we got to keep in mind, he took a more uh, non-traditional approach in the independence right. working really <clears throat> grueling matches, too. Oh, man. Um Rusev? Rusev is a spring chicken at 33. 33. And I mean, let's, let's really, uh, in, in all honesty, 
uh, 30 years old is an old man in the wrestling business. Um, sure. It, you know, WWE has made um, a lot of exceptions, I feel, um, over the last several years, um, hiring some older talent like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. But, uh, you know, Rusev 33, he, he probably went to NXT uh, maybe when he was 25 at the most. I, I, you know, I'm just kind of guessing here. But some of these guys, uh, you know, if, if, if they haven't gotten the push already, um, I kind of wonder, you know. You're, you're exactly right. And, and I'm looking at this now. Uh, Victor and Connor, respectively, are 37 and 38 years old. Yeah. Uh, and that push hasn't come. You're right. Uh, so it's not going to. It, it, you know, it might be for a month or two, but it's it, they, you know, that threshold of time to where you really make a name for yourself is gone. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm not sure how about uh, the revival. Uh, AOP, I believe, are fairly young. They are. They're still in their twenties. Yeah. I'm not sure about the revival. Uh, no way, Jose, or any of these guys uh, on 205 Live. Uh, they're all pretty young. Revival looks to be about 30, uh, 30. 31, and 34. Scott Dawson's a little bit older. Young, um, but still, you know, in the in the wrestling business, it's, you know, the 30s are, are already inching that way. Here's uh, something I did not realize, Sam. Braun Strowman is 35. Yeah. Yeah, Braun I was, I was thinking a he was a lot late. younger. Um, I mean, he just got brought over from, from uh, uh, powerlifting. Uh, strongman competition. So I tell you who's young is Luke Gallows. Believe it or not. Is he? How old is he? Much younger than what you would believe. Go ahead and look him up. First, what would you think Luke Gallows is? How old do you think he is? He looks like he'd be about 40. (laughs) So I, I know when he started the Jesse and Festus, he was in his early 20s. Yeah. So I'd put him around, what, he's about 34, 35? I, w- I would say he's probably about 35 now. Um, but he got started, and he looked like he was already 35. Yeah, he was already balding. And, yeah. You know, he wasn't so he wasn't cut. You know, that's – I feel like Gallows yeah, is a – 34. I feel like Gallows is somebody that they dropped the ball on. Wow. You know, you know that says a lot. You know, he's – we we know that's still a little bit older, but he has done a lot for being thirty four. He has, yeah. So he's somebody you could you could get a, a good few years out of anyway. Yeah, I mean if they if if they got <clears throat> under him right now and really gave him a push, Gallows is huge. Um, yeah, I mean they they haven't had him out there in the ring with Undertaker or Kane or anybody like that, or even Braun, uh, for that matter. But you put Gallows out there, he is a big man. And, I mean, if they want to push a big man, Gallows can go. Uh, and he seems to connect with a crowd pretty well, too. He does. And let's not forget, uh, Luke Gallows was the imposter king. Yes, that's right. Uh, as well. And he floundered at that. I thought he, they should have just kept it going. That was his first real 
main of main roster push, I guess you would call it. And um, at the time, he wasn't cut at all. He was he was pretty chuck chuck uh, chunky, um, but you know they they didn't keep it going, and it you know I, that could have made him back when he was younger if they'd really put the effort in, had him work with yep. Kane and whatnot. You know, Connor's a big man too, and like you said, he's already up there. Um, shame they haven't used him in a, a better capacity. Uh, how old are the Usos? Let me find out. Um, they are 33. 33. Well, that's not too bad. Um, no. I mean, just looking at the roster, I'm going to go down through uh, the roster here on WWE.com. And, of course, it starts with the championships. Brock Lesnar, um, you know, let's get real. I I can't see them bringing Brock back uh, another year or two. Jesus, let's hope not. Uh, Brock, he's (laughs) up there. He looks like shit now, really. He does. He looks bad. He used to look like, man. Um, 2002, 2003. I was cracking up last night with him trying to do commentary in the match against Daniel Bryan. He sounded like Mike Tyson. Uh, you like that? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you want some more? <laughs> like, oh, Brock, just shut up, man. This is why Heyman's your manager. Just don't talk. You're ruining everything. Oh. You're making it look even worse. I'm going to suplex you. <laughs> Come on, Brock. Come on, man. Don't. It's pretty bad. Uh, so, like, Daniel Bryan, man, uh, he's not going to be around but a couple more years. Uh, we look at, you know, Seth Rollins may be around for, for uh, possibly another 10 years. Who knows? So, I mean, you've got Rollins, Shinsuke. Eventually, he's going to go back to Japan. I don't see that panning out it's in, not. in any manner. Cesaro, Sheamus, like I said, Sheamus. I don't see him being around, at, you know, at the most pushing it five years. Uh, I don't know. How old is Cesaro? 37. 37. I mean, gosh, you know, the, all of these guys are, you know, quote unquote, in their prime, so to speak. Um, but if you compare this to like the 80s or 90s, if if you weren't on top of the world by the time you were 30, uh, early 30s, then you weren't going to get there. And so, um, you know, the only guy that I believe that made it who was already past that time. Uh, was DDP. Yeah. You know, he started really late and he, he caught on quick. Uh, but he was in the business for quite a while, was. too. So he was still able to kind of get some experience in every other capacity. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he when he got out there, he already had it. You know what I'm saying? Um, even Lashley here. Ciampa. Lashley's 40, 42 years old. How old's Ciampa? He's got to be up there with everybody else. He's not. He's not, he's not young. I know that. Because he's been around um, a long time. He was the uh, nation attorney. Attorney, yeah, yeah. Wow. Here's some surprise. He's 33. 33. Wow. He must have started really, really young. Really, really uh, young. Still, 33. He's in NXT. He'll probably be in NXT at least another year. I imagine at least till the end of WrestleMania. Um, they're going to put him on the main roster. I can't see them hot shotting him on the main roster 
uh, unless they're trying to make the 205 more mainstream. Uh, but you put Chompa out there with everybody else, and he's going to get lost in that shuffle very quickly. Oh, yeah. Just because of his size. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you would have to have Triple H booking the main roster to, to really get any anything out of the smaller guys, I'm afraid. Yeah. Ricochet is a question. Uh, I feel like I would like to say like he's pretty young. I'm not sure how old he is. Um, I could totally see them bringing him up main roster, putting him in that Mysterio Jericho spot, trying to work him up like uh, Shawn Michaels. 30 is not super young though. I mean, that's, this seems to be the problem. Like where we're at now is that, by the time someone is super over and is a star, they have wasted away their years on the undercard, and uh, WWE hasn't pulled the trigger on them uh, for whatever reason. They get to the top and they're burnt out. Well, it's like Eric Young, you know, oh. really just getting started on SmackDown yeah. with Sanity. He's 38. 38 years old, bottom of the card, a guy that can do everything entertaining as hell and if he even gets like uh, a fingerprint on an intercontinental or u.s title he'll his career is on the downside already so they'll never get um what they could or should out of eric young in my opinion yep. um and it, it's a shame uh, but, but... <clears throat> Bobby Roode hasn't found his footing. He's 41. Bobby Roode, another guy so, that could probably know. carry the company. Um, you know, the fact that they're not doing AJ and Roode at the top of the card right now, uh, I, it is it, mind-boggling. Uh, Aiden English, I would feel like he is surely not over 30 years old, is he? 31. 31. Um, that's another guy I think super talented. We will, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, so many of these guys have peaked. How much, how old is, uh, CN almost? Ooh, that's a good one. He is 29. 29. God, I mean, even him, he's, uh, Apollo Cruz. Cruz is 31. Jesus. You know, is there anybody in their 20s besides AOP? Xavier Woods, he's got to be pretty young, right? You would think. Let's find out. Um, wouldn't count on it. 32. 32. Bo Dallas is 28. Okay, Bo. But again, you know, unless they get hot on Bo for whatever reason. Uh, how old is Bray? Bray's probably like right, right at there. 31, 32. 31. So there's, you know, they, they've got some guys that like Bray at least has been kind of toward the top. They could pull the trigger on Bray and uh, carry on with him. But for every Bray, there's a Finn Balor. Balor's 37. Yeah. How, what about Chad Gable? Oh, that's a good one. I can't imagine him being on the older side, but. Oh, he's on Raw. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. 32. 32. Curtis Axel's probably about that age as well. Curtis Axel. 
39. Oh, wow. How yeah. old is McIntyre now? I know he joined really young. 33. 33. Elias? 30. Wow. How about yeah. uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango? Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Harper's got to be about 35. Slater, I would say he's a 35. Breeze is 30. Fandango is 37. Oh. And who who was the last one you said? Um, Harper? Slater and Harper. Harper's 38. 38. A little bit older than I thought. And Slater is 35. What about Killian Dane? Big Killian Dane. He is 33. You're going to love this one. Mojo Raleigh. Oh, come on. Who cares how old (laughs) Mojo Raleigh is? He is 32 years old. And still doesn't have a brain. God, you know, I'm I'm scrolling through this roster and it's that's really bad. I did not expect this roster to be as old as they are. Like some of them, yeah, but I did not expect everybody almost to be in their 30s. Uh and that and 40s, and 40s are true. Yeah. Is 46 years old. Yeah. And I mean, uh you know? Wow. You know, you really got to kind of consider like, well, what what's going to happen with the future of WWE? Because we have AJ Styles, who is looking to slow down, do a part time schedule. Um, and AJ's talked before that, you know, retirement is is in his future. He's looking at it. Sure. Daniel Bryan looking part time schedule retirement in the future. Uh, you know, yep. to pick and choose when he wants to work. And that was kind of his aspect with uh, leaving WWE and going to the Indies was just, you know, he could pick 10 dates a year, wrestle the big matches, and not take all the bumps. Um, a couple guys here I know we were kind of joking about on the last episode, uh, Primo and Epico, respectively, 35 and 36 years old. Why are they employed at this point? It's, it's what true. do they really benefit? It's very true because if if you look at WWE in the past, um, all these older talents that you know if they're not going to use them like big time use them that they would let them go. Um, the world, you know, we're sitting here yep. looking at a roster of um, you know thirty to forty year old men. How old is Baron Corbin? Probably about thirty seven. Oh, I don't think he's that old. He's well, thirty-four. Four. So yeah, I mean, uh, Big Show. He's got to be about forty-five, forty-six years old, probably. He's uh, yeah, forty-six. Big E, probably about thirty-five, thirty-three, thirty-two. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of these younger, you know, the yeah. early thirties. You 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 know, hopefully, can get another five years out of. Um, but you're looking at it, and that is the entire roster. Right. I mean, they're aging together. Uh, you know, a couple 35-year-olds. And at some point, I th- you know, I feel like a lot of these guys 
um, especially if they're married with kids, they got to start looking at it. Um, you know, Mark Henry, he's like, you know, I'm, it's time for me to slow down, go spend time with my, you know, my family, my wife and kids. And, uh, you know, his kids are, you know, not super, super old yet, uh, but they're still young enough for him to enjoy. And I feel like a lot of these guys probably are looking at that too. Um, man, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the guys we're looking at, Elias, Drew McIntyre, um, you know, just kind of getting that push on top. Yeah. And, you know, who who is going to who's going to stick around for it? You know, uh, if you're Apollo Crews, you know, are are you going to keep sticking around for this? Uh, just waiting for that future endeavor letter. Uh, you're, you're Apollo Crews, you're 35, 36 years old, however old he is. Um, and you could easily be replaced by somebody from NXT. And especially if they start getting younger talent uh, from NXT and deciding, hey, let's bring them up to the roster. Uh, especially with the younger talent that will work for cheaper. Well, and I look at somebody like Heath, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's been very vocal on Twitter lately, complaining about his position on the card, wow. uh, not even being on the shows. He's He's been complaining quite a bit, being very vocal. Um, and I look at him, and I'm, I'm thinking, is it really, is the money really that good? Right. For somebody like you, uh, where you, where you could go to the indies and, you know, really put in a lot of time and effort and probably triple your income. Right. Which apparently is, is completely plausible now. Yeah. I feel like the only aspect to WWE and this really come to light when uh, Daniel Bryan joined was that because when he joined, he was literally king of the Indies and everybody knew Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson. And when he joined WWE, it was after an injury, I believe, and uh, the whole reason, if I recall, was because uh, not the amount of money he would make, but the insurance aspect. Hmm. And um, so I wonder how many guys are just sticking around for that, you know, that reason that there's a safety net. So, you know, so to speak. Uh, and I mean, you got guys like Rhino who come back at this older age and uh, fit in somewhere to kind of help teach. Uh, but I see Rhino and guys like Rhino and Samoa Joe, and these guys are a little bit different than say, uh, you know, someone uh, who has only been in WWE, you know, like I can look through here and say, okay, Shelton Benjamin, Samoa Joe, Rhino, um, truth even. These are the guys you'd want to keep, in my opinion, and uh, whether they're going to be enhancement talent, if they want to s- still contribute to the show, or you just want them to, to help guys at the Performance Center and NXT, or you want them out there to, uh, to be producers. You know, right. These are the guys who've been out there and all over the place. So I can see having your Finn Balors and your Bobby Roods, your Goldusts, your Jeff Hardy even, uh, I can see, yeah, that's pushing. yeah, see the the place for those guys, 
But when you start coming down through it, you've got, you know, um, let's see who's here, Mojo. You've got No Way Jose. You've got Primo Nepico. Uh, Rusev even. I mean, Rusev's only been a WWE guy. Uh, I, I feel like, why are you keeping these guys around if you're not going to pull the trigger on them? You know, I it makes no sense. I can see a Titus O'Neil even because he is kind of a, a big community player. Yeah. And he does a lot of good besides, you know, what he does in the ring. Right. He's, he's still valuable. Right. Xavier Woods, um, smart guy. Yeah. Um, at at some point though, Zach Ryder, Tyler Breeze, uh Ty Dillinger, these guys are going to disappear. And, you know, I I don't say that with uh, any ill will, but at their age, what can they offer the product at this at this point? Victor, you know, these guys. Like, The yeah. Miz, I can see sticking around. You could use The Miz as a, a GM or whatever. He is a larger personality. They could easily put him in a commentary seat uh, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of wonder where, where does the future go? Who can you push at this stage that is going to deliver? Who's going to take the ball and run with it? And, uh, you've got to give it to somebody. You know, I think at this point they're all on raw. I'd go McIntyre. I'd go Elias. I'd go Strowman. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, it's, it's not, but before, I mean, like if we haven't even brought the women up, but at this stage, you know, they're all about Ronda Rousey. Like we talked about Charlotte's their, their chosen one, but an organic push when you, you, you have that organicness and the story goes just right. And you have that, that superstar that can ignite that like Becky Lynch has and you don't get behind it. Uh, man, what a mistake you're making. And we've seen this before. Kofi Kingston years ago, mega over. They killed him. Yep. I've never been able to reignite that. Um, even Bobby Roode, let's face it. Bobby Roode come in and with the song, the momentum and everything, and they just squashed him like a bug on the main roster. Uh, having him come in as a baby face really just killed everything. Despite the fans really wanting to cheer for him, liking him and everything, his momentum in NXT as a heel, they just could not recapture that. Nope. And I don't think anything is really going to come from him. And it's not his fault. He's a great yeah talent same thing can be said about bray you know he come in he was on fire the crowd was really responding to him uh he was getting a face response there for a while and they just buried the guy week after week pay-per-view loss after loss and big matches too you know we're talking john cena undertaker roman reigns every few jericho every few that he was in he lost and after a while, after you see somebody lose, 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 
guess what the fans are going to think about that guy? Loser. And, you know, at at this point, he was kind of getting a little momentum back with Matt Hardy, and they just – they've cut it all off. So I don't don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, Bo Dallas was another one to come up from NXT where he was was, uh, super hot, and they just murdered him on the main roster. I never got that either. I yeah. mean, it seemed like, you know, they brought him in with the baby face thing, the bow leave, and then that kind of died off. And then they turned him heel uh, and turned him, you know, pretty aggressive. Uh, and then that kind of died off. I don't know what the, the, the aspect is with bringing in guys the opposite of what they were in NXT. It makes it makes no sense know. to me. Uh, Harper was another one. Right after the uh, uh, Wyatt family split with Orton, Harper, super over, uh, probably the top face on SmackDown there for a while. and Pretty close. And yeah. they just, like, he sat the- on him. Was- I mean, he had that really good match with Dolph. Yeah. He won the Intercontinental title. Uh, and it looked like he was going to be put in the main event scene there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then it just stopped. Yeah. <clears throat> I have no idea. So, man, it is slim pickings. I I don't know. At this stage, I don't see anybody that they can turn to and go, okay, well, here's a uh, this 25-year-old. Let's mold him. Let's build this guy up to carry the show. You know, it feels like they put all their money on Roman Reigns and – that's the problem with putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, even Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, not young. Definitely, they've built them up. They definitely have mileage left in them, barring any unforeseen accidents. Uh, but at the same time, you look at them right now, and these are mid-card guys. Yep. You know, Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion, they're getting ready to feud over the title. And... You know, to me, it's not that's not where I should see Rollins. You know, I should see Rollins versus Daniel Bryan, Rollins versus AJ Styles. He should probably be on the upper end of the card. Uh, I don't know if you can rekindle things to get these guys back up to the main event of the card. I think with Rollins, you probably could, um, but with Ambrose. You know, and I wasn't even that, I hate saying it, I wasn't even that big of a fan of his WWE title run. Uh, it, I mean, tell me something that was very memorable during that title run. I, yeah. I, I, I can't really come up I with can't. anything. So, that fell flat. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rollins, I can tell you, you know, he was doing the jig with the authority. Um, he uh-huh. was that, you know, manipulative heel. Um so I'd say out of the two, I think Rollins has had more success. It's, it's you know, it's a really bleak looking future. Scrolling through this list and just, uh, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, We're going to keep hiring these older talents and then you know, put them in NXT for three. Years. Well, I mean, even even if they do that, like who who are they going to bring up from NXT right now? that they can milk for 10 years. 
tops, 10 years tops. That's what you're looking at. I have no, no idea. Uh, you know, how old's that Keith, Keith Lee guy? I don't know how old he is. That's a good question. I know uh, Ono's got to be up there. Uh, we know Ciampa's up there. You know, the only guy I can really think of at this stage is Velveteen Dream. And he's freakishly young. He's really young. He's really young and he's really hot right now. But can you transition him to the main roster and get him over without murdering him? You know, are you going to go, okay, well, we still got to, you know, we got to do this. We got to, I'm looking for, you know, uh, a matchup between these guys. So we can't pull the trigger on him yet. Or are you going to say, okay, you know what, Velveteen's hot. Let's do this. Uh, you know, I see him going in pretty much into straight comedy. That's what I'm afraid of. They'll bring him up, put him right with truth or something like that. Uh, Even a, a a new day reject or something like that. You know, it's it's not going to be where it let's be. let's talk about new day because here's three guys. Xavier Woods has gone on record saying that he will be happy if he's never uh, WWE champion. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Xavier Woods, but if you say that publicly, you can almost guarantee <laughs> you will never be WWE champion. Um, yeah. But he wants Kofi to be champion. He wants to do everything he can to get Kofi to be champion. Uh, I don't see it ever happening for Kofi Kingston. I, I feel like he is over the hill too much. And they, they just, when they didn't pull the trigger on him, they cooled him off so much that he will never be able to to legitimately look like he could win the title. You know. So, and, and here, my, this might be an unpopular opinion. I really liked his heel work. Yeah. When it was very short-lived, uh, when he destroyed Randy's car. Uh-huh. Um, he was, you know, he his promos were he was well-spoken. He had lost the accent. Um, I thought he was doing a tremendous job in that role. And I would have liked to see that, you know, carry out for a while. Um, obviously he was mega over as the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could have, he could have had a title run then too. But I, I like this heel stuff. I think, uh, you know, I think it's possible Kofi could, could be around for a long time even in like a managerial role or something. Um, I've, you know, sadly, I think Xavier has the ability to run on the main, you know, the main event. Um, if given the right opportunity and whatnot, but I think naturally Vince will go with, with Big E. I think that would out of the three, that would definitely he, be him. He's definitely shown the most growth. Um, of course, we don't have anything to go off of Xavier previously before the New Day. But Big E show, has shown a lot of growth since joining uh, the New Day. Really found his footing, so to speak. Uh, can can cut promos now. It's, it's great in the ring. Can be comedy. Can be whatever you need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like the New Day's heel work, too. They they can be uh, kind of asinine in their jokes and not uh, fan favorites. So in that regard too, I, I think he could 
go on to do some things for the next couple of years. Uh, he was like 32, 33, 10 years, maybe pushing it for Big E. Could be. I mean, when you wrestle, when you carry, when you walk around at that weight. It's a big dude. And you go through that training regimen every day. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not going to last as long as, say, somebody who, like Shawn Michaels, who walked around at 170, 180 his whole life. Right. It's just, it's just how it works. Now, here's you know? the problem. For a guy like Big E, as massive, as strong as he is, who are you going to put him in there with to show off? I mean, you could bring Big Show back uh, in the next couple years to yeah. do a program with. You could have a program with Braun Strowman, uh, but far from calling up Babalush Baba or whatever his name is uh, <laughs> from the Performance Center, you're not going to have anybody big to really show off all of Biggie's muscles. Uh, <clears throat> so you know, I'd say by by the time that rolls around, Big Cass would be pretty, oh, pretty, uh, pretty big. The Big Show Junior. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, of course, you could always turn Biggie heel, put him with Lashley and Leo Rush, and that may actually get Lashley over some because Biggie might be able to carry his 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 non personality. Uh, <clears throat> tough to say. Did you see? Did you see him on uh, a Survivor Series coming down the ramp? He was doing the S- Scott Steiner. Oh, straight out of Scott Steiner's playbook. The exact same mannerisms. The, the two, two pumps up with the bicep kiss, uh, uh, and putting his whole arm down. Just straight out of Scott he, Steiner's. He better playbook. be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott Steiner may come after him. <laughs> Um, you know, Braun Strowman, already 35 years old, you got to pull the trigger soon. You you cannot sit on Braun Strowman any much longer. I mean, this season is it. You you got to pull the trigger. You don't pull the trigger by next WrestleMania on Braun Strowman. There's no point in pulling the trigger on him at all. You're correct. And it could just be me, but it looks like over the past year or two, he's cut some weight. Looks, yeah, um, he has had some knee problems, mm-hmm. and it goes back to what I was saying. When you walk around at a certain weight, it, it well, especially in Strowman's case, where you have a guy that has uh, been a, a a strongman competitor, a power lifter, and yep. his whole career has been, you know, weightlifting, and that takes a massive toll on the joints, just as much as wrestling. So, flipping ambulances <clears throat> over, right? So, uh, you know, if, if he could flip Vince's big ass ego, maybe then <laughs> something could happen. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to say that right now. If, if they don't pull the trigger on Braun by WrestleMania, he will never hold a world title. Uh, you could be right. Gosh, um, you know, um, here's what, here's what kills me. Yeah, it was 2006. I went to a house show in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh And it was a SmackDown brand event. And there was this kid named Idle Stevens. Yes. And I said, you know what? Nobody knows who he is. 
but he's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's, he's tall. He's got a good build. Yeah, about six five. Athletic. He was charismatic. Yep. And then they ended up bringing him up to TV in a tag team with, with Casey James yes, or something. Yes, Casey I, James. A month or two later. Um, and I think they ended up being called the Teacher's Pets. And I think Michelle McCool managed them for a little bit, if I'm not wrong. Um, they have had Damian Sandow in their hands for so long. Forever. I mean, let's, you know, really forever. Um, and then and when he's, you know, just 34 years old, they cut him. Yeah. It, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. It's like you, you have some of these guys there. And let's, I mean, let's really look at looking at this roster. You, you've had Curtis Axel for, for how many years now? You know, shy of a decade. Dolph Ziggler for shy of a decade. Uh, you had Drew McIntyre forever. You know, they cut him loose when he was young. And granted, they cut him loose. He went out and he's become a man. He's become a Becky Lynch. Uh-oh. And now he's back. Um you know, I mean, a lot of these guys they've sat on forever. They've sat on. Had do, do I need to remind our listeners about a man by the name of Paul Burchill? Oh, that's another one. They let who, go. And, who was an incredible wrestler. I believe he's a firefighter now. A lot of these guys you know, have become firefighters. Scotty Tuhati became a firefighter, too, I believe. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's interesting how this um, turn of events where you have guys that become, you know, used to be in the farm fed, so to speak. And then the farm fed became so good. You know, we have NXT still a farm fed, but it's really good. It's better than the main product, but the guys that come to the main product and then they fizzle out because they're just not used. Um, I don't know if it's politics, if it's just, you know, Vince is crazy. You know, he doesn't know what's going on with the other product or what. But you're you're sitting on these guys. How long have we been sitting on uh, Bobby Roode? Too long. You know, two or three years. Kevin Owens. I mean, they've used Kevin but, Owens, but they haven't used it, Kevin Owens to his potential. Here, here's the thing. Here's the point that I'm trying to make, and I'm going to go back to Paul Burchill. I think he's a really good example. How old do you think Paul Burchill is right now? Oh God, uh, I'd probably say 38. Okay, you're very close. He's 39, 39. years old. How long ago do you think he was released? Oh, do you remember gosh. the year? Uh, I would say a, a good decade ago. It was 2010. They let this man go 10 years ago. When he was, I'm assuming, between 29 and 30 years old. Crazy. He had all the tools. Had they would have worked with him, he could have been a multiple-time world champion by this point. And he would have been on the downside of his career. And he would have been able to be putting other guys over. And, and, you know, people might be listening and thinking, well, why is John going back so far with this? Because it starts at this point. Mm -hmm. The Rock was really young when he hit it big. And yeah. look how much we've gotten out of The Rock. Yeah. Um, even Stone Cold, not that young uh, when he hit it big. But they got a lot out of him when he took off. When he took off, they embraced it. Um, how many of these other guys 
are ready to skyrocket that they didn't embrace. Let's look at the Good Brothers. When AJ Styles and Anderson and Gallows came in, Anderson Gallows came in and they had a, a mini push and it was like three months they were done with them. And we haven't seen squat from Anderson and Gallows since then. They've bounced them yep. around. Every now and then they'll dust them off, pull them out, say, look, it's Anderson Gallows. These are AJ's good buddies or Finn Balor's good buddies. And oh, no, 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 the club is back together. And then as soon as they get what they need from it, they they put them back on the shelf and they don't use them. Did you notice those big boos when they got eliminated yeah. in Survivor Series? Well, I mean, let's, let's face it. Bullet Club is still the hottest thing in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, you could you could say, well, Bullet Club is was the hottest when in the Kenny Omega era, or Bullet Club was the hottest in the AJ Styles era. It doesn't matter. Bullet Club is still the hottest idol. So it's like now the elite has broke away from Bullet Club. Bullet Club is still going strong in Japan, and it will. In my opinion, it will continue to go strong in Japan, no matter where Kenny and Cody and the Bucks go. Um, and I mean, even if WWE signs the elite. They decided to dust off Anderson and Gallows and they they pull Ballery in and maybe AJ's there for, for two months and they bring in Kenny and Cody and the Bucks. The only one out of this group that they'll bring in that has potential for a decade-long run is going to be Hangman Page. Because yeah. he's the youngest one in the group. Cody is no spring chicken either. Kenny's up there. Kenny's like, I believe, 38 years old or something like that. The Bucks are getting up there, and they haven't hit WWE yet. What will they get out of them? You know, is it going to be worth the price you pay to get them? You know, you're going to bring them in and, and draw some attention to the product. Is it going to be enough for what you're paying out? You know, uh, of course, you're going to get the merchandise sales, the toys and all that stuff. You have a lot of dream matches you can do for a while. But if you Mm -hmm. don't use these guys to start building someone, which has been my biggest beef with Brock Lesnar, you bring Lesnar in, you pay him all this money. What rub? Who has gotten a rub off of Brock Lesnar since they've done this? A lot of people seem to think Dan O'Brien did last I don't know how. (laughs) I really don't know how. Uh, because Brian got so much offense towards the That's end. Ridiculous. Brock was really selling really hard for Dan. Yeah, Bryan. he did sell, but we need a pinfall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Brock Lesnar leaves and he's put over one guy on his way out, I don't really feel you've gotten your money out of him. Nope. You know, unless he's going to make the next superstar that's going to be the Hogan of his generation. And who the hell is that going to be? Because we just went through this list and everybody is, you know, grandpa age in wrestling, really. You know, I'll say this, too. And this is a lot coming from me. I don't even think we have the next Cena. Oh, you know, I can you think of one? I mean, if they got behind somebody, yes, but they're all older. They are all older. You know, Cena's Cena's been going strong for such a long time, but yeah. if 
I, I have an issue with building somebody that um, is just you, you. They never lose, and they they have that Hogan esque match. I have a problem with someone like that. You know, they really need to they need to find a sting, um, somebody on that level. It should be yeah. their next guy, not somebody who's going to come in and do you know five moves of doom. And and don't get me wrong, the, what I'm. I would never advocate for a push like that or a match like that. What I'm saying is somebody who will be built up to that level of popularity. Popularity wise. I don't, oh. I don't even think Roman would hit that level. You yeah, know, I don't think so. This, despite his illness, had he continued to be healthy, I still don't think he would have reached that level of popularity. Not, and that's what I'm talking not about. When it not comes to not a cross matches. brand. And John Cena right. kind of hits that cross brand nature. Um, but then again, I mean, it just depends. You know, they booked Cena. They really pushed Cena the aspect that, oh, here is your your uh, um, hospital guy. He goes to the hospital and sees everybody. This is your guy that we're going to get in the TV commercials and the movies and whatnot. So, I mean, if if the machine got behind somebody, it's possible. But you're going to have to have somebody super charismatic. Because uh, I'll give Cena that. He he has the charisma. Um, is it going to be Apollo Crews? No. Uh, a Bo Dallas? I don't think so. You know, I mean. As good as Drew McIntyre is, his presence is oh, completely different. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's okay. Not, that is okay. It, it's totally fine. Um, in, in all honesty, if we are talking about who has the charisma and that you know a natural charisma and and can draw somebody in my money is on braun strowman but you've got to get the machine behind him right now he's got to go out and he's got to decimate brock lesnar in that next matchup and it needs to be at and, and and you know no no offense here but you know the best you're probably going to get out of him at that level is 3 to 5 years it, yeah, it's it's uh, tough you to know, say. Still, you know, you you're going to have to protect him, but uh, he cannot go out there and have matches where they're doing these crazy things. Like you you can't right. have him out there in a match against Shane McMahon, going through tables and falling off cages and that sort of sort of aspect. You need to have some heels that are intelligent technically sound um that that can carry him to that next level kind of like you know when they when they uh strapped batista you had jbl you had triple h you had guys that could carry the match could carry the feud uh but yeah i mean braun Strowman. i think like if you've watched any of his stuff on like uh on the road or the karaoke or different things like that I think Braun Strowman yeah. has a natural charisma, kind of like Steve Austin, that you could have him on the Today Show. You could have him here or there, and he's got this huge, I mean, the physical charisma as well. He's a big guy. You put him on the Today Show in a suit, he's going to stand out. You're yeah. flipping channels. Oh, yeah. It's like, whoa, who is this guy that dwarfs the hosts? Um, so, I mean, they could do that. They could get him in movies big man he's got to fit some roles uh so i mean if the machine gets behind him 
and and is like this is our guy like they did with Cena then yeah I could see it and I mean it's believable you strap Braun Strowman he could be champion for for a good while you know he his his mic skills aren't the best but he gets on the mic and he can say kooky crazy things because his character is larger than life and you know like you said you know how long could they keep it up would depend on you know what type of matches they put him in. Um, Here's the thing that that I, I guess I'm thinking: when John Cena debuted on SmackDown against Kurt Angle, he was 24 years old. Yeah, Angle made there is that night. You you even look at the NXT roster. Yep. I mean that would put Velveteen Dream like he needs to be called up now. Like, now to be able to even because in my mind it takes time to establish that type of a legacy yeah braun Strowman might be able to hit the level of popularity as a kurt angle yeah um kurt was only there you know strong in wwe for six years or so i think we Um, also have to look at the point though that i feel john cena he peaked really early and they just kept him around and shoved him Mm -hmm. down everybody's throat so i mean cena had that longevity but I feel like his popularity waned these last several years to the point where I think like, you're right. Okay, we got to, yeah. we got to move past Cena. We can bring him in here or there, but I think with the, with Strowman, if you push him now, you strap him now, you can get at least five years out of him, maybe seven or eight, 10, maybe pushing it. But if he stays healthy, who knows, you know, take the time off to, to heal up injuries or whatnot. They may be able to get 10 years out of him. Yeah, just bring him in for TV, maybe a live event every now and then. But you've got to push. Um, you really got to make some of these guys. I feel like you've got to make your Cesaro right now. You got to make Gable right now. You know, some of these guys. You know, I I feel. You know, personally, I've always feel. You know, I've been a fan of the Miz, but I feel like now is the moment. You've got to turn Miz face. You got to get behind the Miz too. You may possibly can get 10 years more out of The Miz. That'd be pushing it, I think. Um, but you've got to do something different with him. That's it's going to be tough. Uh, I think, you know, Dash and uh, uh, Scott Dawson, you got to do something with them now. Yep. If you're going to do anything with them. Um, Ambrose and Rollins, are, they're, they are where they are. Um I feel like Ziggler's pretty much done. McIntyre, I feel like he's right on the threshold. You know, they could, you know, he, he's not super young, but they can get uh, probably a good 10 years out of him if they do things right. You know, but him, Elias, they got to really start pulling the trigger on guys. And, uh, you know, it's like we say all the time, it's not rocket science. Jinder Mahal, Definitely. you know, I think you said 32 yep. years old. 32 or 33, so younger. Usos, uh, 32, 33 years old. It's time to split them yeah. up. I'm not a big fan of splitting up tag teams, but they've done it. They've done it all. It's time to split them up, give them separate identities. And and I think all of this can lead into a very – interesting discussion but i think what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick commercial break uh here's something from our new partner power slam tv and when we come back uh we can start putting this all together and maybe talking about what the future should look like sound good to you good 
All right, here is a word from PowerSlam TV. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. All right, make sure you head over to powerslam.tv for your free trial. They've got over 3,900 hours of content. Um, if you're feeling discouraged with WWE or the other more mainstream promotions, uh, give PowerSlam TV a shot. They've got a lot of great stuff. Um, big fan of PowerSlam TV. Uh, but resuming our conversation here, Sam, about the future of WWE, you know, we've, we've laid the groundwork. Uh, we've we've kind of gone through who's on the younger side, who's on the older side. Um, to you, what does your, from this point, what does your ideal WWE look like? I mean, we've got to start doing things oh. now. You know, I, I, I really feel they've got to uh, look at the roster and reevaluate everything. Uh, just because you have to start changing it up. Um, like we said, that there's, there is a, a few guys that they could start building right now. And uh, primarily Velveteen Dream. You know? And I don't want to hinge anybody on the uh, cusp of this is our guy, we've got to build him, and there's nobody else. But Velveteen Dream is young. I believe we said 22 years old. Now's the time to bring him up to the main roster, get him introduced, get wins on him, uh, show everybody what he can do. And uh, mean, he doesn't have to be uh, undefeated, of course, but you get him out there, you get him seen, you get a couple good feuds under his belt, not – not something where you, you put him out there and and the fuse just kill the guy. Uh, we've seen that. We saw it with Shinsuke Nakamura. Pull, bring him up and they feud him and they just had the shittiest feuds because they didn't give him airtime. They didn't put his best foot forward as what he could do and, and get the crowd behind him. They do not have the opportunity to do that with Velveteen Dream. They got to get him on the main roster. They got to do the best they can with this guy. And if that means uh, Triple H handling his stuff himself, instead of a guy like Michael Hayes or Road Dog or whoever's backstage uh, writing the shit and producing the matches, then you want to get Triple H doing it. Because it, I really feel like it is the future of WWE is now. Yeah. Uh, but besides besides the dream, tough choice, you know. Like we said, you you gotta you gotta pull the switch on uh, Braun Strowman. It's got to be done now. If if you know if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it now. And uh, it really does feel like time is of the essence. Um, it really is. I, I kind of feel like they have done it well with Elias. 
because he was starting to just kind of float. And the responses he was getting from the crowd and the place he is on the card do not make sense. Um, so they haven't really done anything with Elias yet, but they've, they've turned him face at least. And perhaps we will see uh, Elias get that big push that I, I think you know, he deserves it. And I think uh, it, could, it could benefit the company in the long run. My line of thinking. <clears throat> Things really need to be shooken up a little bit. And I'm not talking about a brand split or, or draft. I'm talking about when is the last time we saw an angle that was really, really shocking, surprising, out of nowhere, and had unlimited potential. In my opinion, that would be the Nexus angle. And I don't know what stopped that, if it was backstage politics. Here's the thing with the Nexus. It was never planned to be a a large angle. It was a one-nighter. And it had a great response, and so they they said let's let's keep going with it. Um, and, I, and, and that's that is really sad, you know. That's a sad statement that they did not foresee this being such a big thing. It's to my understanding that Wade Barrett was supposed to become the WWE champion, yeah. but a certain someone didn't want that to happen that someone being John Cena correct and apparently that was that happened to a lot of guys that were supposed to get uh, a pretty good push that didn't was credited to John I, Cena you know I in. think of Alex Riley yeah who had every tool imaginable a great look he could talk he was charismatic he had that theme song he would get that pop when he was doing, uh, you know, teasing, breaking away from the Miz and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the the future was so bright for him, and it just stopped. They yeah. brought him back to NXT, and they didn't really do anything again, with him. He looked, he looked amazing when they brought him back, too. He come back, and he was uh, completely ripped. Yeah. He kind of had a, a wild man kind of look going on at that point. You know, he had the, I think it was rage. That was kind of his gimmick. He, he would channel into this rage uh, and this anger. And, you know, I, I think Alex Riley would have had a bright future. I don't know what stopped that. You know, the, the conspiracy theories are out there with John Cena. Maybe it is. Uh, there's a lot of those stories. And eventually, yeah, you got to start asking yourself. Um, so here's what I would do. When I look at the roster, I see the the younger guys that they do have are pretty irrelevant. Yeah. How can you make a name for multiple wrestlers who are irrelevant? I would I would go the stable route. One stable, two stables. Uh, I think the stables larger would help factions, uh, larger factions of these guys. You know, repackage. No way, Jose. He's a, he's a pretty big guy too. Yeah, he's not a small guy. He's I think he's like six four. Um, I would 
repackage him a little bit, repackage Tyler Breeze a little bit. I would find a common um, mission between these guys. You know, maybe they're just tired of not being on the show. They're tired of being overlooked. And you know what? It's time to get the respect that they deserve. Something like that. Uh, maybe have Zach Ryder in there as well. Yeah. Um, he's younger still. You know, he, he's been around for a while, but he's, I think, what we say, 32. Yeah. So he's still got a few years left. I would, I would have a couple and here's, factions. here's another thing that I would point out. What you want is people to have fun. And that's what comes across with Braun Strowman. He's having fun out there. And uh, it bleeds through. It bleeds through everything else. So you want to put stables together. You need to put guys together that um, are having fun. Yeah, that are, are wanting to work together, and I would say you put Zach Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, Kurt Hawkins, you put those guys together. Something's going to shine through. Uh, that since they're all friends, you're going to have something shine through that is greater than the song. I I, I think I would have a group like that. You know, being the frustrated, uh, we're tired of not being used. And then in response to that, I think there would be another faction that would uprise in response to it um, to, to kind of combat these guys who are just trying to you know, take everything over. And, and and then on the side, I think I would have a new Wyatt family. Yeah. Um, I think you could have a Wyatt family. You could have, uh, I, I mean, personally, you have a legacy. And why not use these legacies? Why not have an evolution headed by Triple H. Um, even if Triple H doesn't wrestle in it, there's your four guys. You know, that's your that's your four horsemen-like group. Um, it has a legacy. You could easily use it. Uh, you could dust off the NWO. Why not? The, the Bullet Club does the two sweet. You can't use the Bullet Club name, but you could use the NWO name. Sure. You know, and you could have... You could have guys like Anderson and Gallows and if if the elite comes in or whoever else and get some guys over off of that. Um, you you know, DX is back now, apparently. <laughs> the, the two main members. Why not adopt somebody into the group that can get over off of the black and green uh, coloring and, and whatnot? This is you know, like we say all the time, it's not rocket science, but it's about marketing. And you've got to market the wrestlers you have on hand to get them over with the fans. Um, you have two goofballs like Bo Dallas and, and Curtis Axel. When they left The Miz, if they had joined Degeneration X, what could they have done to have gotten them over? You know, I mean, these guys aren't awful on the mic at all. No. I feel like at, at some stage you could you could do whatever to get these guys over and and you know it, it shouldn't be that hard. You just try things and see how it works out. Um, like I say, a new Wyatt family. You could easily bring up guys from the performance center that we haven't seen, uh, or repackage some guys. That Baba Tunde or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. You know? Just that um, big enforcer type Strowman role. Yeah. Um I mean, Killian Dane would have fit right in. 
Um, all, actually, all of insanity, all of sanity would have fit in with Wyatt family pretty much. Um, it, it's just, it's just a matter of them doing these things and and getting behind a few guys. Like I like I brought up the Miz. It's time to turn the Miz face. And the reason why I feel that is because the fans respond to the Miz. You know, they really do. The fans eat right out of the Miz's palm. And when he's cutting a promo against John Cena and the fans are cheering or cutting a promo against Roman Reigns and the fans are cheering, and then he can turn around and make them boo. Same way with Elias, who is so fresh to the product, really, uh, and him doing it. You know, these are the guys, in my opinion, that the Miz could have easily turned face at Survivor Series. Pretty easily turned face, in my opinion. Um, it's it's just a matter of doing it. And the Miz, you know, he has the newborn, he has the TV series, he's in the Marine movies. You could do everything you've done with John Cena. You could easily do with the Miz. I feel, and it will get over. You know, would he be the biggest face ever? I don't know, but would he be a pretty big face? Could he carry the company as a face, as a wholesome face? I think he could. He could, you know, maybe he won't be, uh, you know, clean, silver armor, shining knight like uh, a Hulk Hogan back in the heyday. But could he be a face savage um, or a face piper sort of type, you know, where he's he has been in the trenches as a heel and now he's the face and he could do these heel tactics and get by with it like a Terry Funk or Jerry Lawler or any of these guys. I think he could. Yeah. Uh, And you know, the, he has the track record. You just have to get the fans on his side. Um, And that would be a type of guy that you could go to. You could keep in that Scott Hall Jericho position. You could go to him when you needed him for a title change, you know, to transition it to another heel or if you didn't have a top baby face that you wanted, you know, you were ready to push, you could fill him in with, you know, a face Miz. Um, and on with that note, you got to build some. You got to build some heels. You got to build some big heels. They haven't done it. I mean, let's be honest. Who is the biggest heel in WWE? Oh man, My, I mean, where I is your? You. Where is the Ted DiBiase? Where's the million dollar man? Where's that level of heel? Where is your Mr. Perfect? Your ravishing Rick Rude? You know, where are this level of heel in the company presently? It's not there. Couldn't tell you. There is there is nobody on that level. So we're not going to get a match like Dusty Rhodes versus DiBiase. You know, Hogan versus DiBiase. You don't have that level of threat to a babyface. You know, you don't have the the Ric Flair to the Dusty Roads, um, or the Sting or the Steamboat. You don't have the Big Van Vader to the Sting. If you want to compare it to WCW times, you know, you need a top level heel to to make anybody. The only guy they have is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> He shows up three times a year. Yeah, he he's not really partial to employment. So, which was so why 
is why uh, Jinder Mahal was so such refreshing. If everybody hated him, but I feel like they hated him for the the right reasons, but the wrong reasons. They hated him yeah. because he was that heel we needed, and it's like he got genuine heat, but nobody wanted him. Like, oh, this guy sucks. We hate him. Okay. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to hate him. Just like when Vicky Guerrero would come out screaming, excuse me, yep. you were supposed to hate her. She was working the shit out yep. of the audience. I think and we all did. She was good, man. She I was good. All... It was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and I, I think it was me and you. We were like, oh, man, she's really good. You know, yeah. I, This isn't that she sucks. It's that she gets it. She does. <laughs> and, um, oh, man. You know, I feel like on some level, the audience is dumber today than they ever were. Ouch. Yeah, I really do. Cause they're, they're talking about on Twitter, how great Rousey versus Charlotte was. And man, you know, I don't want to say it was a stink fest, but I thought it was, was not a great match. You know, I didn't think there was character development in there. I heard one guy say there was character development. <laughs> and I'm like, where? What was the character development? Because the MVP of the Charlotte versus Rousey match was Becky Lynch, and she wasn't even in the goddamn match. Not a lot of, and everybody was Becky. chanting for Becky. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm just I'm mind boggled. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the current product sucks, and it's not because the talent sucks because the talent is there. It, it's just, it's not being directed in the right manner. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. A lot of praise, a lot of praise for Rhonda and Charlotte. Um, and I don't personally understand it. I, you know, when that, man, when that match happened, I, just, I was just, I got mad. <laughs> I, I got mad at what I saw. And it's not because of Charlotte's um, quote unquote heel turn. It was because, I first of all, I don't think Rousey should be in a situation like this yet. Mm-hmm. She was fighting. She wasn't wrestling. And in general, the match felt like a cat fight. Yeah. And while I was watching this match, um, the only wrestling moves we saw we're from Charlotte. Ronda Rousey yeah. does not wrestle. She just doesn't. Oh, but what about, you know, Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar? And they wrestled, you know? Yeah. They, so I don't get, I don't get the obsession. And I, I think either. that's what it is. I think Ronda Rousey is simply the flavor of the month. So to get it back on track to the future. Yes. I don't. I don't think Ronda will be the future uh, no. of WWE, um, but I feel like you're going to have to take some guys. You're going to have to take some. Uh, really look at your roster and really, really, really mix it up. And you could do it in a superstar shakeup, quote unquote. But um, I, I think they got to look and they got to go. Okay, well, we got to make some tag teams. So I'll give them credit where they did with Rude Gable. At least they're using them. Um, and these guys are, are putting the effort in there, which I think is great. Um, but I think, like you say, you got to get a new Wyatt family. I think you uh, you have to make some alliances. 
you know, if they bring in the elite, great. Put them with Anderson and Gallows and AJ or Balor, whoever. Got to do that. Um, I think they got to look long and hard at the tag division, make new tag teams, and break up old tag teams. We gotta, yeah. we gotta have something new. And I'm not typically, I'm not a big fan of this of breaking up tag teams, but um, I think it's time you gotta, you gotta break up the Usos, you gotta split them up. I would go as far to say it's time to break up the revival. Uh, wow, I, I'm a big Scott Dawson fan. Um, I don't know what you're gonna do with them, honestly. Uh, can these guys? pull off what Jericho pulled off being a small man in wrestling and uh, being larger than life. I don't know if Dash Wilder can. Scott Dawson can talk. Dawson that can would, talk. That would be the difference. And I feel like he's got a, a, a pretty good move set. I feel like he can talk the talk. I think he can get out there. He can align with somebody that, you know, like a duo, not necessarily a tag team, but two buddies and somebody that's got his back, and a, a bigger guy and whatnot, and and, and maybe it's nothing can... against Dash, but Dawson has such an old school look. Yeah, he really that... does. Yeah, he um, stands out. I would love to see Dawson and Carl Anderson get together, huh? And not necessarily a tag team, but you could tag them, or they could do singles matches, kind of like McIntyre and Ziggler right now. I'd like to see something like that between them. Something that's old school, two guys that aren't necessarily the biggest guys, but that can pull it out from cheating and whatnot for each other. Um, what do you do with Wilder? I, I'm not sure. I think it's possible that he could move up the card or whatnot, or at least a, a, a second-tier division. Or you could pair him back up with somebody else. I think you've got to just mix it up. You know, could you put somebody like uh, Dash Wilder with Bobby Roode or a Chad Gable and make a good tag team, another tag team? I think you could. Um, I think you could put Luke Gallows with Luke Harper. You know, really establish a dominant tag team in the division. Uh, I think you could you could take somebody like Eric Rowan and make a monster out of him. You know, they, they just have to mix it up somewhat shift gears and, and use the product that they have, the guys that they have as the, to the best ability that they can. And I don't think they've done that the last several years. They um, have. And, and really like we're looking at it, like we're talking about the future, the ages of everybody, you have a five year span and anything more than that. I feel like you, you need to be looking at the younger talent to get over well, it's like we're putting so much emphasis on Rey Mysterio. And look, I don't know what it is. I, I don't like him in the WWE. I don't know if it's just his moveset is so diluted to be able yeah. to wrestle those amount of dates. He doesn't do it for me in the WWE. Now, it, when he did some of that stuff in New Japan, the six-man tag, uh, all mm-hmm. of that, I thought he looked really, really good, even in Lucha Underground. Yeah. But – when he gets the WWE, man, I don't know what it is, but I am not I'm not a fan. It's the way they push him. Now, if they took Rey Mysterio, instead of putting him on SmackDown, they put him on Raw with the Lucha House Party and use Rey Mysterio to get these other guys over, 
would be a different story. Sure. Uh, it would almost be like the filthy animals again. Where they use Conan and Ray to try to raise up, raise all these other guys up. Um, even to a degree, they use Conan to get Ray up. Um, you know, I think if they did that, put Ray in a tag team with um, Kalisto or whoever, that would make a lot of sense. I could see using him in that manner. Uh, but like you said, I I can't buy into Rey Mysterio in singles competition on the main roster anymore. If anything, use him on 205. And I think he would assimilate a lot better into a situation like that than he would going against somebody like Braun Strowman. I'm, mm-hmm. It's just not – I'm just not buying it. At his age, yeah, with his injuries, yeah. Braun could pick him up and squash him. And it's just not, you know, there's a certain point where it becomes uh, literally unbelievable. Yeah. And it's just at that point with Ray. I, I can't buy into it. Now, if he went over someone like Jack Gallagher, Brian Kendrick, mm-hmm. uh, if he would feud with somebody like Drew Gulak, imagine the rub Gulak could get from some, somebody like that. Absolutely. Very beneficial. Uh, Tony Nice, who's an incredible athlete. But the stuff on the main roster, I, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I just I can't buy into it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, like like we're still talking about uh, these guys, even the uh, the two hundred five guys are. What are their ages? That's a good question. I mean, yeah. I know Leo Rush has to be pretty young. Yeah, he, he's early twenty. He's like twenty two or twenty three himself. Yeah. Um. Good question. Let me see. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys on 205 are actually uh, quite older as well. I think they are, especially if you look at somebody like um, Kendrick, who's been mm-hmm. around forever. Oh, definitely Kendrick. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about uh, Cedric Alexander or uh, Gulak. My Mac here is about to die, so I'm going to do my best to try to pull some of these up. All right, Tazawa, who I haven't even seen in probably three months. Yeah. Um, it's loading. Typically, when my Mac is about to die, it just completely slows down. Um, all right. Ari Cedric Devari. Alexander, 29. Yep. Ari Davari, 29. Akira Tozawa mm. is the ripe age of 33. Okay. Kendrick, 39. Gulak, 31. Um, we know Atami's older, so I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. Um, Mark Andrews, is he part of 205 Live? Um, I think he kind of was, but I believe he's like NXT UK now. And unfortunately, Tony Nice doesn't even seem to have a Wikipedia page, so I'm wow, not sure sad. about him. Um, <laughs> that's really Mustafa sad. Is, Mustafa is 32. Leo Rush is 24. Mark Andrews is 26. Mike Bennett is 33. Let me try to type in Tony Nese because I'm actually curious about him. He is somebody who I think would be able to... You would think he would be younger. 33. Oh, man. So, 
Mustafa yeah. Ali was how old? I think I, for him, I said 33. So pretty much the same situation. Yeah. Um, hmm. 32. But still, you know. So they're not that young either. Yeah. I mean, you've got Leo Rush, but he's he's not going to be wrestling on there much longer. I really don't think. There's no point in it. Yeah. Uh, Corner Reeves, 26 years old. Huh. So, I mean, he hasn't even peaked in NXT yet. Right. Big guy, 6'6". Pretty lanky. How is he that tall? Um, but, I mean, would be a big guy on the main roster even. So, uh, you know, I can't, I can't see them bringing him up for at least another two or three years. If then, it's not. <laughs> and he's 26 now. You know, uh, yeah. It's not that. It's not a good situation. Let's None see. of these guys are really at the age they should be. For okay, them. Lars Sullivan is 30. Okay, so I That's mean, a little bit better. Here's somebody that you know they're bringing him up now to the main roster. If they don't Snitsky him maybe they can get something out of him. Uh, I see them doing that. But, you know, Killian Dane's on the main roster, too, and they haven't done shit with the guy. Uh, so, well, they put him in a singlet. What's that? I said they put him in a singlet, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, not sure how old, I'm not sure how old Dane is. 33. Same. Are the war, how about the War Raiders? Oh, God, I would think that they would be pretty old. I would, too. Let's see here. Um, to give the ages out. I'm not sure if I might have to look them up separately here. Thirty-four for uh, Hanson. Hmm. I would think and thirty-four for up. Raymond Rowe as well. Both oh. of them. Yeah. Wow. So again, you know, the, it seems like everybody is right at that age group. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, everybody's everybody's getting older together, and, and all around the same age group, like you said. Um, I wouldn't expect to see them on the main roster for at least a year. They'll be 35 by that time. Mm-hmm. Possibly pushing 36. Yeah, it's... I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll sign some guys that um, that are younger who are up there, but as uh, the independent scene, kind of everybody's seen, you know, they're they're out there. Even Ricochet is uh, 30. Everybody's having their best years on the indie circuit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big change from what we've seen in the past as well. Well, I think a, a large part of the problem is that 
veteran wrestlers don't go back to the indies. You know, they make they've either made well enough money that they can retire, or you know, and start another career, or they still get pro, you know brought into the product where they're um, producers or whatnot, backstage handlers. So you don't have the wealth of talent out there on the indies to train a lot of these guys when they're younger. It's taking guys like AJ Styles his whole career to really put it together. And um, you know, and I, he said I, that I, there was a documentary yeah. last night on the network. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. Really, really good. He said he didn't even know who AJ Styles was until he went to Japan after TNA. That's that is a crazy statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because AJ was the face of TNA, and even in TNA. It wasn't until he got, you know, kind of that that main push where you had some of the veterans there, uh, like Raven and, and others, who were giving some of the, these younger guys, uh, you know, helping them out. Like, hey, you need to do this. You have to do this. And the fact that they're, you know, 40 years old now and they're just now putting it all together is a big problem. It is, and and you wonder if it's like a lack of direction. Um, I really I don't like know it what is, it is uh, to a degree. It's a lack of direction. It is this um, this current product of crappy wrestling. And you know, we've commented specifically about AJ before, uh, and he confirmed it in that documentary. Uh, he didn't really know how to slow things down until he got to Japan. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, it, it had to take some of those guys to pull them to the side. And, mm-hmm. I mean, geez. This, yeah, he wasn't young when he went to Japan. No, it was just so, in the last few years, really. Yep. So, I mean, it's... I, I feel like it's a matter of wrestling has kind of shifted gears, not for the, the betterment. You know, we... Um, a lot of the guys that have been over, you know, have made it to the top, have only emulated things like, you know, Shawn Michaels and, and you know, this style of match. And it has been to the detriment of the wrestling world, really. You said Shawn Michaels with such resentment. I did because <laughs> so many of today's wrestlers, that's their... You know, oh, who was your favorite? Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like there is a bit of that. Like, well, you know, instead of your favorite being someone like Randy Savage or um, like Ronda Rousey, even her favorite was the Piper. You know, so at least there was that. <laughs> but that's a whole different situation. But um, I, I just feel like wrestlers want to do these spots like Sean used to do in his matches. And that's why we get things that are just, you know, the rest of the world is just a spot fest. It's become a, it would turn into like a lightweight spotty matchup where people didn't learn to wrestle anymore. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you don't do hammer locks, you do 450s. We really got to do this Shawn Michaels episode. I think that would be. It would probably be good because, like I said in the other episode or you know Survivor Series episode uh, at the end, you know I'll give credit where credit is due, but in my opinion, Shawn Michaels is overrated, and he was given way more credit than he deserved 
for uh, different aspects. And, you know, they only gave him that opportunity because they didn't have anybody else. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, he he uh, he definitely was the more charismatic of the rockers. Sure. And uh, he was young. And, you know, I, I think they saw in him, you know, I, I won't take away that he was good, but, you know, he wasn't the first high-flying wrestler. Uh, he wasn't the best on the mic. He wasn't the most entertaining and all these other things, but he was good. And He was good, but, you know, Dolph Ziggler's good, too. Exactly. Dolph is good as well. And you put Dolph in that era, and he would have been Shawn Michaels. You're exactly right. Uh, I so I, mean, I can't, you know, I, in, you know, to be honest, you know, I can't see him as overrated as uh, everybody speaks of him, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, that's just what it is, you know. Uh, I, I feel like some of these guys, and it, you know, it has a, a trickle down, the trickle down theory of wrestling. You know, they, they've tried to emulate what they saw and they didn't understand how wrestling worked. And I, I do feel like that's trickled down and it's it's fed its way into WWE. You know, it's kind of a, uh, a, a recycling event. You know, WWE is fed into this. You know, like right now they do really shitty matches. They don't have psychology. You have uh, faces run across the ring to take out uh, a tag team. Whereas they used to be the te- the heels would run across the ring to take out the face tag team. Yep. Um, you know, you, you would have the heels doing blind tags behind the referee's back. And now the faces do that sort of thing. And it it's like, well, where's the psychology in that? Why, why are you having the people that are cheered doing the heel tactics? And then the heels don't rake somebody's eyes anymore on the ropes. You know, um, it's, it's just the small things that have been lost in transition. Um, you know, it's like you could do a 450 splash and you could do all these high-flying things, and in every match there's a plonko or a springboard or a dive over the ropes, and it doesn't matter how big the guy is. You know, it's uh, – everybody's doing it. And, you know, you don't have anybody out there that's really doing an Anderson-style match a DiBiase style match. Uh, like we talked about Aleister Black versus Gargano. Everybody lost their minds over that match at a takeover. When was there a suplex or a wrist lock or, or anything of that nature? Some, you know, right. and it doesn't have to be the whole match. I'm not expecting everybody to do flair versus steamboat, but, at some point, you expect there to be wrestling in a match besides, you know, super kicks or knee lifts or everybody, you know, every Ronda Rousey match with an arm bar and she hasn't done a, a suplex or body slam yet. And so, you know, I, I think. I but, think that's... But, but wrestling that aligns correctly with heel and face as well. Yeah. Um, and I was just on Twitter. Uh, by the way, shout out to Rodney Mack, our newest follower. Nice. Um, there was a poll, and I was trying to find it when I was on there. Um, but it was something I saw this morning. The question was, do you think heel and face needs to exist for 
you know, a wrestling match to be successful or something like that. that. I, you know, I can't remember and I wish I could. Uh, I was going to send it to you, but it slipped my mind. It is ridiculous. Well, let me tell you the results, then you can get mad. Oh, I'm already mad. (laughs) Um, There were like 60 to 70 some votes so far, and 70% said no. (laughs) That is the problem. It is. That is the problem. Yeah. I, I my mind was blown when I saw that. Because um, who do you cheer I guess for? It's not important. Who do you cheer whoever for? you want? So like last night we had Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, and um, let me swallow my food here for a choke. <laughs> <laughs> we had Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. Daniel Bryan just recently turned heel against AJ Styles. The fans were booing him when he left the ring. You fast forward: Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Who was the face in that match? Was there none? Because Daniel Bryan's the heel. I would say Daniel Bryan wrestled a face match. No, exactly what you just said. He wrestled a face match. But that doesn't... Someone has to wrestle the face and someone has to wrestle the heel. Now, I don't care if you dress it up with semantics and you call it protagonist and antagonist or whatever like that. It's just semantics. You have to have somebody that wrestles the face match. Or there's it, the match is pointless otherwise. Why even have it if there's nobody that you can invest in? You want to cheer for somebody. Whoever you cheer for is going to be the face. That's the face. Now, the problem with today's wrestling, in WWE at least, is that they mix everything up. Okay, let's turn Daniel Bryan heel. Oh, yeah, he has to face a heel Brock Lesnar as well. We're going to have a David versus Goliath matchup. Why should I care about it? And you can listen to anybody. You can listen to uh, Busted Open Radio with Bully Ray or whoever. And they will tell you that if Daniel Bryan was a face going into this matchup, if he was a white meat baby face that he's always been going into this matchup, there would have been a bigger response. Sure. And that's that's just the absolute truth. It would have been a bigger response. Most of the people that watched probably didn't even catch SmackDown, so they probably didn't even know this match was going to happen. Uh, they probably didn't know Dan Bryan turned heel. But I mean, it's you have to have somebody wrestling the heel match and wrestling the face match, and it's because. But doesn't it just kill you? Doesn't it just kill you? Dan Bryan comes out. He starts doing the guess. Yeah. Then he suddenly just stops, walks down the ramp, looks around with this creepy, you know, look in his eyes, and then proceeds to wrestle a face yeah. match. And then after the match, he starts to ramp up his heel uh, mannerisms yeah. again. Makes no sense. It made absolutely no sense, the reason to do it in that manner. Um, the reason why you want a face and a heel, you want somebody that's going to pull the strings of the fans Pull on their heartstrings. The heel is going to make the fans angry. You're going to want to see that guy. You want to see the heel get what he deserves. Yep. The face is going to agree with the fans. He's going to be the hero. And he the fans are going to live vicariously through the hero to give the heel what he deserves. And I mean that is that is broken down to the most minute level it is. And in the match, 
faces do certain things and heels do certain things. And that's how you get emotional investment within the match. That's the storytelling of the match. And if, you know, a lot of people use these terms and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. That match had great psychology. Really? What was it? What was the psychology in that match? Uh, a lot of times I, I, I see this and I'm like, there was no psychology. Well, that was great character building. Where? What built up their characters in this match? Uh, well, and, and you know, I think not, not to boast on ourselves, um, I know you have experience talking to some older legendary wrestlers uh, about certain things like this. I know I have the experience of talking to certain wrestling promoters about these mm-hmm. kinds of things. And the answer is unanimous every time. You need a face, you need a heel. You need a face, you without need it, a heel. it's garbage. You just got to yeah. have it. Um, so whatever this mainstream agenda is, and I hate using that word, it sounds very conspiracy-ish, um, within the wrestling community, this movement, I guess is a better word, is, is a false notion. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not sure where that's going to take us, uh, into the visual. I have a big impact on the future, apparently, but what will it impact? Will we just have a whole roster of heels? I mean, really? Is it just going to be... Who knows? Okay, it's going to be cool to like this guy. Because, um, I mean, a, a lot of fans can't tell the difference between an anti-hero and a heel. <laughs> and these are the people you're asking. Do you, do we need faces and heels? Oh, and man, they'll say, I read well, an article. Yeah, Stone Cold. An article from, like... Sports Illustrated the other day, or ESPN, that was talking about a heel and then called them the anti-hero. See, it's, that's wrong. An anti-hero is a face. Right. A Stone Cold right. was an anti-hero. Most people will say Stone Cold was only ever a heel. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. He was a baby face. An anti-hero is still a baby face. It's just that their motives are a little bit different their response is a little bit different. And uh, I'm not sure where people can get off with with that mentality. It's like, was uh, any movie Clint Eastwood was in um, where he was a gunslinger of some sort, was he a yeah. bad guy or was he a good guy? Good guy. Good guy. He was the anti-hero. Um, he was just trouble. Same thing with Charles Bronson driving him. Charles Bronson was uh, a good guy, like all those Death Wish movies. He was an anti-hero. He he worked outside of the law, but he did it for the right reasons. Well, and if you were to take the term babyface and break it down, suppose you have a, a continuum. And on the very far left is anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Well, the other far right side is going to be your white meat baby face. And then most of your faces fall somewhere between yeah. this, it seems. Um, but just because one's on one side and the other's on. Just because, for example, uh, a political analogy, you would have the liberals on the left and the conservatives on the right. Mm-hmm. Well, just because you're liberal doesn't mean you're not American. Right. 
I mean, both sides are or, American. Or liberals and uh, progressives. Right. You know, and, and they're on the same, they're, they're, they're still... both on the left, but uh, the progressive wouldn't be considered uh, a far right movement just because they're not liberal. Exactly. You know, they're both on the left. Uh, so uh, these are things, you know, within the term baby face, you can still have your variations. Um, so none of that's really considered. We just, it, it's annoying, man. That that article is from like ESPN or something, and I just couldn't believe what I was that's reading. That's awful. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, where does that take us for the future? I don't know. I mean, uh, besides the age limit thing, Will we get out of this slump of uh, trying to lay waste to alignments in wrestling? I mean, uh, you know, even UFC, it seems like wrestling is trying to make itself more like MMA, and MMA is making itself more like wrestling. They're trying to implement storylines and promos and, and really build things up that's not there. Um, whereas wrestling is trying to go, okay, well, there are no good guys and no bad guys. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, it's it seems like wrestling is, at least WWE, is doing itself more harm than good. Correct. I, I would wholeheartedly agree. Uh, we're coming up on a little bit over an hour and a half yeah. now, so I think this might be a good stopping point. Uh, really good conversation today, Sam. I think we hammered in some things that people don't usually think of and they should. Um, But, you know, this whole heel face issue, I know we talk about it a lot, but it really does tie into how the future of the WWE is going to look. Who really knows? I mean, most of your talent's older. Most of your talent doesn't seem to really have these alignments anymore that they should. And uh, so like you said, most of the talent's older and I'm actually quite surprised. You know, I I brought this topic up just, I believe earlier today and, um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit shocked that everybody is as old as they are. Yeah. Uh, so you know yeah. it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, hey, guess what? Raw's on in five Oof. minutes. You excited? I, you gonna watch? Yeah, you know we gotta catch Ronda Rousey. She says she's gonna be at Raw tonight, and that <laughs> nobody can stop her. There are rumors of her kind of like maybe turning heel. <laughs> Uh, Are you surprised by that? Well, and and I know I'm trying to wrap this up, but I can just talk forever. Um, There was another article I read today that uh, the idea in WWE Creative right now is the only way to get people over is to turn them heel. uh, So that's pretty terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of, is that they just think that heels are the way to go. We just have a whole roster of bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, and everybody enjoys people. being healed more for the most part. But I, I feel like you have to find your character. You have to get your footing. And then from there, you just play to the audience. And like it, it wasn't it wasn't overnight for The Rock. Yeah. And it, I mean, if you look at The Rock, quite a bit. The Rock wasn't any different. But a bad guy is a good guy. It was his direction. And at one point, you're if you're if you're a good guy. You're with the audience. If you're a bad guy, you're against the audience. And it's, it's really as simple as that. Well, and, and with The Rock, you know, a lot of it depended on who he was calling a candy right. ass. And that's what I mean. Um. He, he <laughs> either was dissing the audience and dissing the good guys, 
or he was with the audience and making fun of the bad guys. Exactly. And that was but his personality was his the personality same was exactly the, the same. And you, you know, we can look at um, you know, Raven pointed this out to me, and you know, his character was always the same too. It was just whether or not he was with the audience and trying to make them laugh, you know, about poking fun at someone, or if he was against the audience. And that's all it boils down to. Um, and then you do your, your in-ring dynamics of wrestling a face or heel match, and that's pretty much it. It's kind of easy peasy, you know. It, it's not rocket science here. You you just be a good guy, you'll be a bad guy. You don't have to change your character too awful much. It's just the direction you go. And, uh, you know, the little minor things. Like DX, you're either you're a bad guy, you're a cocky prick, that makes fun of the good guys and you're considered like that jock dickhead. If you're a good DX, you make corny jokes and you make the audience laugh. Yep. And you know, uh, you know, I don't want to call some audience members stupid, but there's a big difference between being a dickhead funny and being just corny funny. Uh, some of them don't. Well, there you it. have it. I mean, that, that really sums it up. I'm um, just just the idea that you know DX they they were the same kind of personality. It was just that their antics were aimed at different alignments, yeah. And therefore, you know, that would shift how the audience perceived them. Uh, you know, manipulating Vince McMahon's microphone. Uh, you know, if they would have done that to somebody who was a babyface at the time, people would have gotten annoyed. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, just little things like that. Um, but I'm sure we can dive into this more at a later date. Um, but hey, really good talk today. I think we I think we covered a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Look forward to the next one. So uh, I do too. Should be a good one. And hopefully, if we get really lucky, it can be a raw review. Oh man. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> that that will be extremely therapeutic. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye out for that. Uh, a raw review. We will do one. All right. Um, so should be a good time, at least therapeutic. So that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening to this edition of Ringside Ramblings. Until next time, take care.